What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another edition of Off the Rails Podcast. We've made it to the quarter century mark, 25 episodes. Here we are, Anthony Verasso, with you and the, I can't say the great state because I used to say that for Maine. I don't know. I could just say like the, the rural state, the blazing hot state of North Dakota, because every freaking day I swear I've been here, it's been in the nineties, but nonetheless, I love it here. Uh, Joined as always by, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to call him this week, but my, my guy there, Mikey McCarthy, Mikey, what's up, bud? Yeah. How are we doing? Just peachy. How's things with you? How was your week, man? Anything good? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a pretty good father's day. You know, it was a good weekend. Yeah, you know what? Good call right off the bat. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially my pop, Steve. I wasn't able to <laughs> hang out in Massachusetts today, but uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be making a trip home, home soon. Prick. No, I decided to sleep in instead. Oh, yeah. Must be Irish. <laughs> just the good half. <laughs> uh, just half kidding. Make, half guinea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sing it with you for the Italian accent. Henry boy. Uh, but anyway, Mikey. What is up, dude? Like a a couple things happening in sports, you don't say. Did they? I, I think so. But before we get into that, I do. Just oh. Have, I do just have to tell you this one thing. Oh, you know, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the other thing after I tell you that this episode of yeah. Off the Rails that Mikey keeps interrupting me on is brought to you by Dan Letelier over at Team Letelier. You know what? It's brought to you by Dan Letelier at Team Letelier over at Remax Realty. Dan is your man when it comes to your buying or home selling needs. He serves all of York and Cumberland County, and you can reach him at danletellier at remax.net or by phone at 207-590-1776. Once again, by phone, 207-590-1776. Mikey, we have another guest for the people on this episode. Oh, yeah. Good dude from the great state of Portland, Maine. Yeah. From Biddeford, Maine, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I just states and towns and counties and I don't know. I am where I am. Who gives but, a shit? Uh, Ryan Toussaint, <laughs> huge Boston sports fan. Uh, we talked to him about that. Him and I get into it back and forth about Taylor Hall debate. Uh, he, he explains his whole wrestling career. He's a big wrestler. Pretty good at it. Uh, you'll hear that in the interview. In a Pretty cool like, episode and just an all-around good kid. He likes balls in his face, too, on the mat there. My God. Anyway, Mikey. Well, it's like, kind of like you ever see Breakfast Men's Club. Tights. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you, you. We really acquired uniform. He's like tights, but <laughs> men in tights, baby. Yeah, you can go tell him. <laughs> you can tell him that. But see, uh, I don't really have a problem with wrestling. It's just the goofy headgear that just like throws me off. It's like, dude, you look like. Eh. Yeah, it's uh, maybe Mike Tyson was a wrestler, so they kind of influenced that. And we're like, yeah, don't do that. Don't be biting the ears again. It looks like the football helmets from the 1915. Did they even wear helmets back then? What's crazier? What's crazier? Playing goalie with just a piece of plastic up against your face in the <laughs> 70s or wearing a piece of leather thinking it's going to protect your head ramming against somebody I in think, football? I, th- I think, I mean, back in the 70s, did those sticks have curves on them? I don't think they had flexes, never mind curves. Yeah, so, I mean. Did they even have tape? Yeah, it looked like, it, it, it looked like they just like saw those sticks up in their garage before the game, but I don't know. But I don't know. I'd say maybe football because, like I said, I don't know if the if those sticks really had flexes or curves. So I don't think the puck was getting elevated as much. 
Yeah, it's just still crazy to think about. Like, yeah, especially man. the football thing too. Like, imagine Brucey, imagine Brucey going over the middle with just a leather helmet on, and just his face alone would be priceless. <laughs> uh, but gets up, he's like, "I know I shouldn't have eaten that popcorn." <laughs> Mikey, stick of a football man, the freaking tire. The the Patriots had some OTAs. Stephon Gilmore, cornerback. And there was last year of his deal making $7 million. He's a no-show. It's reportedly because they think he's holding out. He wants a contract extension. The usual when it comes to football. What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts is the Patriots absolutely need Gilmore. If this team wants to compete this season, you know, I think they're going to be able to get by on defense, assuming that Gilmore is there. But, man, I've always said it, though. The top-notch corner in this league, the elite corners don't last. In this case, I want Gilmore. Just give him an extra $4 million or whatever. I don't know what the number is. Give Gilmore whatever he needs to play this year. You need him this year defensively. I love J.C. Jackson, but I like J.C. Jackson as a number two guy. As far as Gilmore goes, man, bring him back. You need him just for this season right here. Please bring him back. So, <clears throat> I'm not the biggest Gil- – I'm not a fan of Gilmore at all. I think Same here. I think he's very overrated for what he is. He's good. You can throw on him, though. Yes, exactly. He's not a Ramsey. He's not Richard Sherman in his heyday, and he's not um, Darrell Rivas in his heyday. But my thing with corners when it comes to Belichick and the Patriots, and I I know that someone is going to tell me I'm wrong or find a stat that proves wrong, whatever. I feel like his best corners are the undrafted guys, the long shot guys, the guys that started off on the special teams and then make the switch over. Not like the first round or second guys, so second round guys. Like, was it Rozai Dowling, Darius Butler, like all those busts? Uh, so, I mean, if the Patriots don't want to pay Gilmore, that's fine. I still don't think they're competing for a Super Bowl this However, I could, I'd be fine with – look, my first choice is bring him back. Like, give him a little bit more money. That's fine. Absolutely. So, you have a respectable defense. But if they want to trade him away and somebody wants to give them a good deal, take it because – even if Belichick doesn't use, let's just say it's a second-round pick, right? Say they get a second-rounder for this guy and they don't use it on a corner, that's fine because I know Bill's going to invest it in, a, in another position that's going to help out the team in a different way. And like I said, I like Bill's chances with the undrafted guys or you know the special teamers better than the, the, the stars. That's what I, I'd like to see them trade Gilmore if they could. <laughs> Look, you might be right, but, man, I just think if Stephon Gilmore is out there, it takes the heat off some of these other corners on the team, like I said, with J.C. Jackson. If J.C. Jackson is your number one, I think you might be in trouble. If Stephon Gilmore is your number one and J.C. Jackson is your number two, I think you're fine at the corner position. But, you know, Bill Belichick's not getting any younger. You know, he's I, I, I would like to think he's in that win-now mode. So if he actually is in that win-now mode, then you better bring Gilmore back. And, but, hey, if some team wants to get stupid and trade the – and trade even, like you said, a second-round pick for Gilmore, I might take that, but I don't know, man. I think I'd be hesitant to actually really trade that second-round pick because I think you might need Gilmore if you want to have any chance of sniffing the division this season. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing about this division. I feel like it's wide open because yeah. I think Buffalo – we haven't even reached regular training camp, and I think Buffalo is ready to implode. But that's <laughs> that's for a conversation on another day. <clears throat> I just think, you know what, man, like – if you can get the money off the books now, 
that's fine. Going back to, and I, I'm not a fan of signing somebody just to sign somebody because it's, the question is, well, who are you going to replace them with? Well, they, the Patriots won the Super Bowl in 14. Darrell Rivas was number one. Uh, was Arrington on there? I don't know what you spotted. You had uh, Browner was the guy at number two. And then Arrington. Oh, yo, buddy. Okay. <laughs> hey, I like Browner. He made no, you, you think did. twice. Shut up. Oh, yes, I did. Your mouth. You talked so much shit that season about Brandon Browner. No, I did not. I said I liked him because he made you think twice going over the middle. Yeah, you said he committed too many penalties. That no, I no, that was not me. I liked it. I've said it on this podcast. My I bad. Liked the swagger My defense. bad. Maybe it was the kid that jumped in a snowbank and broke his forearm. <laughs> Freaking jackass, dude! No, I I've told you many times. I love the mean defenses. I'll take the fifteen yards. Meanwhile, the guys broke it. Not what what's what's the TV censored one? I told you I made him shit himself on the longest yard. <laughs> Give me that guy all day. I want that. But, I mean, look at They win the Super Bowl in 14. And Malcolm Butler, who made one play the year before, is all of a sudden your number one cornerback. Like, the Patriots stripped it down and said, you know what? Let's see what we got here, which was a huge gamble. But it kind of paid off. Like, they, they were respectable in the secondary. If they want to do that again this year, you know what? I've seen Bill do it once. I'll, I'll see him do it again. Yeah, I mean – I mean, you might be right. I just don't think they have the depth this season to actually do that. And as far as as far as the team goes, you know, like I said earlier, if if Bill's really playing for win now mode, then I, I, I'll go ahead and say it. You can't have Cam Newton out there. I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent now about Cam Newton, but I just think all around, as of right now, Cam's your starter. So in my opinion, you're gonna need the defense. Back in that other season, you had Brady to bail you out at times. Now you don't have a good enough offense really to bail you out. So I think you need that strong defense and that strong leadership to actually hold things together. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. But I just – so what's the point? You know what I'm saying? You're not going to win a Super Bowl team, okay? And especially if you have to tax this defense. You might. So, so you know, you're not. If you have to tax this defense so early on in the season, and especially the big factor too, there's an extra game to be played now. I just think it's a – you know, I think deep, deep down, Bill knows what he has, especially a quarterback. And I don't think he's stupid. He's going to be like, if, if somebody wants to overpay, um, let's do it. Yeah, if someone wants to overpay for a trade, I, I wouldn't hesitate either. But, you know, oh, well, we'll see. Uh, but, Mikey, you have a thought on your boy Cam Newton? I just I keep saying it, though. It's like I'm, I'm repeating myself. It's like, are we done here? Can we just be done? Like, it's just the same week. It's the same. Okay. Oh, Cam. Oh, great. Cam Newton went out there and no pads and threw. I don't know what was it, fifteen of twenty, and and didn't have any picks. Great. Let's see him in a game. Let's see him in a game when there's actually there's actually a rushers coming at him. There's actually a pass rush coming at him. It just, I get so pissed off at these people who judge these players based off a camp outing. There's so that. Oh, Cam had a bad day. Oh, but the next day after that, he bounced back and went fifteen of twenty. Well, guess what? I could go fifteen of twenty sitting there with no pass rush either. It's just, you know. It's just it makes me sick that people who are just like writing for this team get get some of them get off on the fact that Cam Newton had a good day the other day. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we even a broken about clock th- is right twice a day. Jesus, dude, I'll go out there and just my freaking Montreal Canadian speedo and whip a football ten yards Shut and up. slants each time. I mean, it's not that hard. Is there a number twenty two on the back? What is there a number twenty two on the back? 
eh, I'm a 31 guy myself. I love <laughs> Carrie Price. Dude, like NBC, every time they show like the graphic of Carrie Price, you know, like it, it'll wipe and it'll have a headshot and it'll say Carrie Price. It still has his long flowing hair. And I'm like, oh, Oof, I, need, I need a cigarette after seeing it. That's for sure. <laughs> definitely, I definitely miss my long hair at some points. But uh, no, okay. I mean, it's honestly not even worth like slamming my head against the wall about the whole Cam Newton thing because he's going to start. It is what it is. I said this. You got to pray we, for an injury. No, I'm not. I'm not an asshole like you. Okay, I'm an asshole. Fine. But if I said that, you'd be like, see, see, Philly sports fans, it's all you do. Pray for yeah, injuries. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you're such a prick. It would. <laughs> be like, you guys, you guys are scumbags. How do you say something like that? Because I'm a hypocrite. I'm a, you know, I'm a self-proclaimed hypocrite, so I can say it. <laughs> I don't know why. But I can't stop laughing and thinking about what you just said, the injury thing. Were you there the time in floor hockey when Jose, when we were playing a game and he dropped his stick? Stepped on a stick? Dude, and he went parallel to the wood floor. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Holy shit. I hurt my back right now. <laughs> Dude, oh my God. But The kid hates me now, I think. Um, Do you blame him? I mean, I just think Cam yeah. Cam Newton's going to start, and I think by week, I don't know, seven, it'll be Mac Jones or the other kid there, Stidham. I hope Mac Jones is playing by the Brady game. I really do. Throw him in there. I'll see what he's got. Like, like, I don't think it's one of those things where it's like it damages his confidence if he goes against Brady because he's the previous guy that was here and had all the balls and glory, this and that. Because you know what? If Mac Jones goes out there and he plays well against that Buccaneers team, well, then shit, I'm feeling a lot better about this team right off the bat. I mean, even if he goes out there and doesn't even win, but he competes. He, right. He looks like he's ready to play. He he wants to be in there and make some passes and whatnot. You know what? What did he get to lose? Throw the kid in there right away. I'm can getting... I make a Can I make a comparison without yeah. you like freaking yeah. out? Yeah, go ahead. I if he comes out his first game, Mac Jones, and looks like Jimmy Garoppolo that game against the Cardinals, I'd be all happy for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I thought you were going to go ahead and say, like, if he comes out and replaces whatever Cam and looks like Brady, I was going to be like, oh, God. But, you know, the Garoppolo thing, that's fine with me. You know, he calls that audible at the line, fling, slings a pass for a touchdown. Oh, that was sexy. Well, it was, was that, that, but he, he looked like he was in control of the game and the offense. and Yeah. His, you know what? And, and up until that point, he was an unknown. The Patriots really didn't know what to expect out of him. And, you know, so I would take that from Mac Jones. But look, just, we have a ways to go and. I will admit, I'm getting a little sick of the whole Cam Newton shit on social media through the Patriots. Like, there was a post the other day. He's out there dancing and skipping around. It's like, buddy. Yeah, and the next day he's sitting by himself pouting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the some There's a couple good media people that will tell you that. But, uh, like, dude, you're literally throwing to nobody. Exactly. And you're not wearing any padding. Like, just relax. It's all. It's a whole bunch of... Skip, skip, skip to my Lou type of bullshit. No, and but you know like, how he's always been. Yeah, there's also those reports about Mac Jones looking good. I'm not gonna give Mac Jones that credit just yet about because like you know if I'm not gonna give Cam credit, I can't give Mac Jones credit. So it's like I'm ready for the preseason. I want to see what preseason looks like with Mac Jones. I I, I just want to see how up to speed the kid really because because all the reports say he looks pretty good. His head is in the offense. Like he knows what to do. He's He's all about that pre-snap nonsense or what I mean. I I call it nonsense. It's really not, but you know, let's see. I'm 
I'm just ready. I've heard enough. I want to see what it looks like in preseason. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna judge a guy throwing in a t-shirt and shorts. I'm not gonna judge a guy in training camp. I'm not gonna judge a guy in preseason. I'll judge him when he comes in the regular season. I mean, I, that's just how I am. I don't. I'm not. Remember, the Patriots had this receiver a couple of years ago, Austin, in the preseason. He was doing yeah. so great, and yeah, where is he? Barely making the practice squad in New Orleans. So it's like, you know, when you get into the real Sunday in September, then we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mikey, the Celtics made a move over the week last week. I think it was over the what was it Friday? I don't know. One of those days. Uh, they trade Kemba Walker and the 16th overall pick in this year's upcoming draft to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They get ba- they get back a couple of other players as well, but most notably Al Horford. Uh, if you don't mind, Mikey, I'm going to take the floor first on this one. Go. Uh, I think Horford's here for two reasons. I think he's going to try to mentor. You get that culture back in the locker room like they used to have. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wraps up his playing career kind of early and does something like that and takes a, a a role in the offices for the Celtics. Yeah, very good. You know, my first the thought of the trade was, well, I think Horford kind of, you know, sort of brings that locker room back together where it's like we need we need a leader, this and that. And I think Al Horford's a great leader. He's a he's a great he's a great basketball dad for that team. Put it that way. Yeah. But but. The one player I keep forgetting about is Moses Brown. I mean, this is a 21-year-old kid who's seven foot two, and, and and I know you want to sit there and be like, "Oh, he's seven foot two. What is that?" Well, the kid had nine and a half. Uh, I think he averaged like nine and a half boards last year, which which this team desperately needs. That to me is the biggest impact of this of this trade because you actually have a guy in Moses Brown now that might give you something later on. I'm not gonna say he's gonna come out there and dominate right away. But down the line, at 21 years old right now, he might give you something in a couple of years, man. And I think that's that's a huge, huge, great big man potential for this team. Hey, you know what? They, they've they been out-rebounded on the glass for years now. So As I, as I call it, out-physicaled. <laughs> nice word. Uh, Brad Stevens has been in that chair long, but he's already kind of did something Danny Ainge never did and identified that glaring hole in the Celtics. So kudos for him. Actually, uh, I also draft think, pick, too. I, yeah, it's a little weird giving up that pick, but I think they're in the business for something big as well this offseason. We'll see. But I don't they also they also have um don't they have like the trade exception thing? I don't know. I don't I don't really know too much about the NBA Yeah, the trades the, and all that. The cap and all that shit. Like and whatnot. So I you know is the NHL the only t- like league salary cap and trades it's pretty much cut and dry type of thing yeah i think the nhl is the only one that actually has like a hard hard cap it's but like you just know like i don't know there's no incentives and deals like football it's you can sign a guy for five years at 95 million but if it's only 30 mil guaranteed that's all the guy's gonna make like you know what i'm saying like i think hockey's like the only sport in league that is pretty much cut and dry and makes it so much easier to talk about that's for sure i mean you think about I mean, you think hockey has 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 a hard cap, and then you see what the Lightning do. But hey, oh my God, they found shut a loophole. up! No, they found a loophole. I'll give them credit because if dude, the Bruins could why do, do you want to punish the a team for it, drafting if, well? If the Bruins could do it, I'd want them to do it too. Absolutely, absolutely, um, Mikey. The freaking Bucks, man, from Milwaukee. Yes, come back. They come back and upset the heavily favored Brooklyn Nets. What are New York basketball fans going to do now? Who are they supposed to root for? I think the Liberty are still playing. Um, 
Okay. The, the Bucks come back to win in seven games. Last uh, Saturday night, Thriller in overtime, they win it. In Brooklyn, nonetheless. Wow. What do you think? I mean, you mentioned the Liberty a second ago. I mean, they had the number one pick a couple of years ago, and they took uh, uh, Sabrina Ionescu from Oregon. She's a real cutie. But no, but my first reaction is I think Kyrie Irving should walk the Brooklyn Bridge and think about jumping. Oh, that's, this is great, dude. This is absolutely great. You built your team. You studied this team for years at the All-Star break. Oh, we got two mass slots, man. You can build up your team with KD, with James Harden and Kyrie, all oh, the big three in Brooklyn, and you go out in the second round. You frauds. You're the Boston Bruins of the NBA. You had all this hype going into the playoffs, this and that. You got the team this year, baby, and guess what? You went out to a Milwaukee Bucks team. Who, in my opinion, I think under the Kumpo was a little overrated this year. I'm not saying he's an overrated player. This year, I think he's a little bit down compared to previous seasons. You had it all, man. Brooklyn had it lined up. You walked through. You cakewalked the Celtics, the Bucks. You had – I think they outmatched the Bucks. I mean, in terms of talent and overall talent, you had more talent than the Milwaukee Bucks. Come on. There's no excuse for Brooklyn. And it makes me smile, and I will sleep well for the rest of the rest of the basketball season, knowing that knowing that Kyrie Irving and his idiotness is out of the playoffs. So, dude, I just cannot believe that they have three—I don't know—borderline Hall of Famers. Superstars. Yeah, but you know, you could make the case Durant's going to go to the Hall of Fame, most likely Harden. Will Kyrie? I don't know. Who cares? You're in a three-two series lead. <clears throat> Yeah, you drop game six on the road, but you're home for game seven, and you lose. Tough look for Brooklyn. Absolutely all around. The, the future of that team is shit because they have, like, no draft picks coming up because they traded them all away. But isn't it great to see? Like, oh, I don't know. There's just something about James Harden and basketball that just freaking pisses me off. I like, I like Kevin James Durant. Harden. I don't – I don't know why I like Durant, but I do, even though I thought he was a weasel for going to the Warriors. Um, Kyrie's just annoying to me. I just don't like that he thinks he's, like, higher above people. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, like, it's pretty freaking funny seeing Brooklyn just lose like that. Absolutely, man. But but I, what I wanted to mention was is Brooklyn built this super team, right? Yep. We've seen We've seen teams build these super teams, and I'm taking the Warriors out of it. Because they had they drafted Curry, they drafted um, the other guy there, uh, Clay uh, Thompson. Clay Thompson, yeah, the, those guys were drafted. LeBron Green, LeBron, yeah, great point. Yeah, I forgot about Green. LeBron started this whole super team thing, right? You know, he goes to Miami, he gets Bosch, and, and he's got Wade, right? So they go down there, and then they win two titles. Then he goes back to Cleveland, builds a super team there with uh, uh, who. They had Kyrie, they get LeBron back, and then they mm-hmm. trade for Kevin Love. They win a title there, and then he goes to L.A., and now, granted, it was only two-thirds of a super team with him and Anthony Davis. But it's they, the injuries. They win a title there. You know, I get it. He's stacking his teams, LeBron, but when do we give LeBron credit? Because you can build these teams up, but you still got to go out and win championships, and LeBron's done that now a couple of times. I mean, that's a good point. I never really actually thought of that. I mean, there's been countless amount of super teams. But, you know, for the most part, they usually do pretty well. I mean, I think this season is one exception. Although, 
there really is no excuse for Brooklyn because you mentioned LeBron. I just think I just think when you have the top two players in the world, Anthony Davis and LeBron, it, 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 there's really no excuse. And you had and you had LeBron come out and say, "See, look at all these injuries. This is what I'm talking about. This is why the season's going too late, man." Shut up. You know what? You're LeBron. You basically run the Players Association. If you wanted to, you could have had. Oh, it just the whole thing pisses me off. I mean, as far as LeBron going out there and taking it, fine, I'll give you that. He's the best player in the world. I won't argue that. But man, I, I I'm just sick of the whole excuse thing from LeBron. You had Anthony Davis. You went out first round. Take your L and go home. Stop making excuses. No, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. But I just want to see <gasps> what the hell are you doing? You ever seen Home Improvement? Nah, not really. I never really got into that show. Oh, well, that's the noise they make at the end of the uh, theme song. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, <gasps> that's the one where the guy like never shows his face over. Yeah, the, the fence, guy on the right? other side of the fence. Yeah, with the hat on. Stupid show. Never got into it. I didn't really get into it either. I just it was on the other night at like three a.m. when I woke up to take a poop. But I'll leave it at that. Who does that at three in the morning? I woke up, dude. If I didn't wake up, I would have shit the bed. Oh god! You ever see that episode of Always Sunny? Who pooped the bed? No. Oh my god, dude! I'll have to send you the YouTube clip. I only watched. There's one. a scene. No, no, no. There's a scene on there. I laughed like I was crying so hard. Like it was so goddamn funny. I'll send it to you, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I only watch funny shows, so. Oh. <laughs> Good one. <clears throat> um. But you know what? Thinking of it now, yeah, LeBron's the one that really got it started, the whole super team thing. But I guess you could say the Celtics really kicked it off in 08. I mean, I don't really I don't really call that a super team because, in my opinion, though, <clears throat> Celtics did it the right way. They already had Pierce. They traded that, what was it, the second or third overall pick or whatever for Ray the Allen? fifth one. Fifth overall pick. Fifth overall, whatever. And then they traded basically half their team for Garnett. It's not like it's not like they had all these guys come. You know what? In February at the All Star break, let's have a huddle at my hotel room and we'll talk about where we're going. It was no one really knew shit with the Celtics. They all just got like traded there at once. And well, was, don't forget, yeah. don't forget too. Danny Ainge got some help. His buddy in Minnesota pretty much handed him Kevin Absolutely. Garnett. I mean, without I mean, without him, that probably I mean, does that trade happen? I don't know. It probably does, but. It's something to consider. Who was that? Kevin McHale? Yes. Yeah, okay. Who, by the way, you want to talk about funny shows? Kevin McHale was in a couple episodes of Cheers. Just saying. (laughs) When they kind of count the bolts in the parquet floor there. Ah. No, you like stupid shows from the 90s. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Malcolm in the middle, baby. Oh, man. The kid in the wheelchair that can never catch his breath. I don't... (laughs) I think his name was Stevie. Dude, I never watched the show, but my brother told me about that kid, and I didn't believe him. And I looked it up, and I, I was like, oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so it's, it's the kid with the glasses named Stevie. Dude, you know what my brother does? So my brother does this stuff where he'll randomly say a quote from a movie for a little while, and it just, like, he'll, he, he like, times it out perfectly when he says it, and it's so funny. Or, like, he'll text it, and you can just hear the text. Lately, he's been, you know the movie Major League? course lately he's just been saying so you know when the when the owner the woman there rachel phelps first walks in and hands out the roster at the beginning of the movie to the all the gms and the scouts and stuff and they're talking about is like oh this guy's past his prime blah 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 
when the guy just pops his head forward at the desk and just goes, this guy here is dead. Like <laughs> my brother will randomly just like FaceTime me that, or he'll text it to me and I just lose it every time. I don't know why I find it so funny, but um, anyway, yeah, just my little thought. I want to give LeBron a little bit of a shout out, a little bit of kudos to him. Cause at the end of the day, you still got to go out and do it. And, the, and at the end of the day, he's still getting teabagged by China. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we don't talk politics on this podcast, Michael. I, I just, I didn't, I just, I just mentioned the country. Yeah, just, just stay away, stay away. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what do you say we do this? Let's throw to Ryan because we just mentioned a Boston sport and that last thing. He's a Boston sports fan. Nice and lubed. Oh God, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> all right, let's send it to Ryan right now for his interview. All right, and we're joined by one of my boys from Portland, Maine area. Dude, I connected with this kid before I even moved up to Maine, Mikey. Like, I was still a mess to me and this kid all day, just sending oh, you each got, other messages about sports. Oh, you sports. guys met on Tinder, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it was Go Fish. But anyway, nonetheless, my boy from Maine, Ryan Toussaint. Ryan, what's up, bud? How are you boys doing today? Off the rails. As usual. Boyfriend from Maine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ryan's a good dude. Ryan, what, what part of Maine are you in again? I live in Biddeford. That's right. Yeah, I don't, dude, my fault. Because that's where um, your boy's from, right? Ryan DeMullen. Yeah, yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguin. Yes, sir. As I live- had the epic fail earlier in the podcast days. <laughs> yep. He, um, you- Paul so- Dumoulin. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's like a Goodfellas. Everybody's named either Peter or Paul. And I, I got, I had a 50% chance and obviously got the wrong side. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what's what's... What's going on with you, man? I haven't uh, haven't seen you since we were at the golf outing before I left Maine, and we had the pranks going both sides. <laughs> right? I know. I've been. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. going again on Sunday. I went uh, two Saturdays ago. I mean, I've been. I try to go at least once every other week. It's good. Uh, good little stress reliever. And unless Mikey's there, my bag's not falling off my cart anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like how how many days how many days in the summer, I guess we'll call it, would you say that you golf? I'd say about fifteen to twenty. Okay. And and you love it that much, huh? Well, it's just a stress reliever. It's decent exercise. Yeah. And not to mention everyone, let's be real. I mean, unless you're Tiger Woods or in the pros, everyone sucks at it. So you don't have to feel bad about playing like crap. Exactly. Oh, if that's the case, then I feel great about my game. Dude. <laughs> and while I'll say another thing. I think nine holes is just fine. I mean, everyone's like, oh, oh what are you? Are you? Oh, you're only playing nine. You're only playing nine. Dude, 18 holes takes, what, six and a half hours? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we I kid you not. I had a golf tournament for work last uh, two weeks ago. 18 holes. It took six hours. Oh, and it was yes. like, dude, it was 97 degrees out. I'm mm-hmm. sweating bag. And I'm just Ugh. like, and I'm just saying to my partners, I'm like, boys, like, where's the ladies in the golf and the beer carts? Like. You know, I saw him the first 10 holes passing no out beers, and now I need waters coming down the last six. They're nowhere to be found, but I'm with Mikey. Nine holes, and you're good to go. Absolutely. Especially if you're doing it for recreational. I mean, me and my boys, uh, we actually try to keep score to have a true handicap so everyone kind of play against each other and do teams, and that's how you make bets and make a little bit of money. But truthfully, we all suck, especially after a few beers. Everyone loses count of score anyway, so it doesn't matter. Let's play a little best ball. 
I hate that bullshit. <laughs> Somebody play their own damn ball. Start to so so picture. Yeah, exactly. You don't need the flash. It's bright outside. But that, dude, like, I was saying to my friend up here the other day, I'm like, he asked me if I golf. I'm like, I golf, but I'm like Mike Tyson, dude. It's just all right hooks. And I thought that was a pretty good line, but I'm, I'm, I'm trash, man. All I do is try to quote Entourage when I'm out on the golf course. Like, I had the caption last week. I'm like, what is this? Custom mine's off the rack. And shout out Johnny Drama right there. But, uh, Ryan, a little bit before we get into what we want to talk about, uh, you're big into wrestling. You went to college for it. Why don't you explain how uh, you started wrestling, you went up with it, and, you know, your college days. Absolutely. So, I actually, believe it or not, most kids started at five, four, five years old. I actually started at 10. And it was kind of out of the blue. I was at the principal's office, and all, uh, nothing. I wasn't a bad kid or none, but got into a little scrap. And all of a sudden, Coach got at He was the high school wrestling coach at Biddeford was dropping off sign-up sheets back then. I was in fourth grade. And he came out and he looked at me. He's, you're a two saint, aren't you? I says, yeah. He goes, I'll see you at practice in a couple of weeks. And I was like, no, you won't. I don't even know what the hell you're t- I don't have any type of deal. He's just like, you want to bet? I was like, yeah. And turns out he was good friends with my dad in one phone call and I was there. And he's like, remember that bet you made with me? You owe me now. So <laughs> sure enough, awesome. I got into it. <laughs> so you sure were enough, a wise prick from the start, huh? I was all worked up. I was going to a little scrap on the playground and Freaking, uh, I was the principal's office. I was all worked up, so I was already in a bad mood. But typically, no. I mean, I'm usually pretty easy going, unless Jeff Ball's trying to rattle my cage. <laughs> so, hey, what <laughs> happened? The kid wouldn't give you a snack pack, so you decided to wail on him? Even better. Even better. I, I, I was playing first base in kickball, and I got him out, and he tried to, like, bull rush me off the bag, and I was a little kid. And he did just that, and I got up and clocked him right in his face, and then it turned into a scrap. And then all of a sudden, it was like, I didn't get in any trouble, right? And I was like, t- claim self-defense. I was also like 50 pounds. So. But you were always quick to say you were sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very easy. But I was lighthearted. Yeah, no, so I, so I got into it. And I, uh, it was kind of beat him over the head with I liked it because I was naturally pretty. Huh? Did you beat him over the head with a hammer, too? No, no, I just I gave him a good right hook. I was, I was, I was play, how about this? I was playing a lot like Anthony's golf game. Oh, yeah, nice. And that, hey, <laughs> that's insulting the golf game. So, uh, so, so you did you go? Uh, yeah, I'm still talking golf, fellas, here. Uh, and Ryan, you'll, you'll figure this out trying to record with Mikey. It's like I'd rather stick my dick in a beehive with honey, it's just impossible. So, go for awesome. it. Yeah, hey, uh, go stick your dick in a beehive full of honey and get back to me on that. I'd still be beating you, bud. So, Ryan, so, what, you know, did you go to Biddeford High School to wrestle, or what was what was going on? Cool story about that. So, actually, yeah, I went all the way up, and I I started seeing some – I was always super competitive. Like, I go over with my kids, and I'll give you an example. Like, I just had a kid the other day crying to me because he had a tournament he went to, and he's like, oh, the top ten kids are in the country room, my weight class, yada, yada. When I was competing, this is the mindset I had. Those top ten kids in the weight class were my weight class. I was going to leave that term, and there's going to be a new top ten, and I was in it. That's just how I thought. Hell, yeah. It, it brought me all the way up. It was crazy. So I had a lot of hype going in as a freshman, and I ended up going to bid for my freshman, sophomore year. I had a – I went to a disappointing freshman year. I put 40 wins up, which is real good. But I didn't. I had a real tough weight class, uh, qualified for state, so that was big. But after that – uh. It was kind of like a wake-up call because, like I said, as a freshman, I thought I was all that. You know, I had two years undefeated. I was like, no one's going to touch me. And so worked my butt off that following summer, and I made the state finals the next year. 
Not a big deal, huh? Nice little freaking, <laughs> nice little way for you to go. Yep, that was a big jump, so I was pumped about that. Um, I don't want to get too much into detail about how the wrestling works and the results and stuff, but basically, the, after that, I always wanted to go to New England to see how I was in New England, because as you know, Maine's one state. Anthony, you were there. Not a whole lot of population outside of Portland and southern Maine, to be honest. No, not and a lot. It's... So there's just like I was, I want to. That's just a small sample size. If I'm the top two in this state, where am I everywhere else? So that was my mindset. I sure enough, uh, after my sophomore year, though, it was kind of this is where things kind of got tricky. I went to a wrestling camp, um, got talked to by a few college coaches. They really liked what they saw, and they were just like, you know what I mean? They were talking about the school I was at, which was Biddeford, and they were like, because they looked me up, of course, right after one of the practices, and they. After Jay Robinson's name, I remember it was like it was yesterday. He was the Minnesota head wrestling coach. He pulls me aside. He's like, "Ryan, that school's not very good. Do you have other options?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh." He's like, "Cause to be honest with you, he's like, you're gonna, it's, it's gonna be a struggle to get you into our school, even no matter how good your grades are." I was like, "Okay." So I ended up transferring to Deering High School, which is right in Portland, uh, the area where you were, and I went my last two years there. I got second at states my junior year as well, like choked in the finals and it was again another wake-up call where because i that year also i didn't lose a match until that state finals match and the closest pod the more than anything because again because i uh i shouldn't have lost in my opinion and i like i said i was better than the guy but again it woke me up and i was like i haven't won a state championship yet and i'm in a senior year and i should have won two by now at least so what happened i worked harder i got my state championship my senior year Went off to New England, got second, and then I competed at Nationals, and it was like a big deal, and took my scholarship to wrestle at Bloomsburg University, uh, Division One, and it was really neat. Now, this was really cool, because like I said, I went down to Nationals, got fifth, uh, did really well, and I was like, you know, same exact thing, I'm going to go down and just, I'm going to go into this wrestling room, I'm going to be the first year, I got a scholarship, I'm going to be the first, uh, I'm going to be the first four-time national champ in my head. At Bloomsburg, and I mean, I knew that was unrealistic, but in my head, day one, I wanted to be that, and it was a rude awakening because I go into the wrestling room, and I'm probably outside of the other, outside of all the other freshmen, I'm probably one of the worst ones in the room at this point. <laughs> so it's like, and it, it just it tells you what that sport is. So and hold on, let me let me let me jump in here for a second. So first of all, you pulled the Patriots, you went undefeated all throughout, and choked in the finals, and then yep, and then you go to Bloomsburg. So where where is Bloomsburg exactly? Like, and, and if I'm looking at a map of the United States, Pennsylvania smack in the middle of Pennsylvania, right? So Amish country, Mikey four to one. That's how he got me to go there. He says Ryan four to one. I was like, what do you mean? He's like four one, four one girls, four girls over guys. It's a nursing and teaching school. Oh, <laughs> so that was oh his damn. Right. You know what I mean? I mean that's no lightheartedness, but I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. But what got me to go there really was. I always liked Pennsylvania. I love the steak and cheeses. I love everything they had. Stop. What's up? What steak did you and cheese. I like it. You, you ass. Cheese. It's not a steak and cheese. It's a cheesesteak, dude. It's a Philly. It's a cheesesteak. <laughs> Don't insult the podcast with your, che- there, with your there, steak and there, cheese there are, bullshit. There are better steak it's and cheeses than in Pennsylvania. That, no, that's just, dude, like, dude. I'm not even going to take your opinion on it, Mikey, because you're a biased little freak, okay? I'm not going oh, yeah. to it. <laughs> Sam Adams is, oh, yeah. Sam Adams was brewed in Boston, so no other beer is, is better. Your cousin from <laughs> Boston. Those commercials suck. 
But anyway, Ryan, <laughs> so you go to Bloomsburg in Pennsylvania where they have cheesesteaks and hoagies and Wawa's. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Wawa's, you had that Sheets. So it was cool because I'm going to a little bit. <laughs> sheets is amazing. Who are you kidding? It sucks. Yeah, it's in what? Pittsburgh, so move on. Yeah, Tigers love, love pepper. They hate cinnamon. Yeah, the real sports <laughs> city in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I was, yeah, so wrestled there. I uh, wrestled what, my freshman year at 133. Um, had a little bit of success there. I was, you know, I mean, I started getting better as the year went on, and I put together 30 wins, which was good for me. Uh, good for any freshman. So I was pretty pumped about that. The following year, we were think- that was the year we were thinking about really taking off, my me and my coach. And I went down there. I wrestled a kid by the name of Fred, uh, Frank Santate from Boston University. And I beat him 6 nothing, And he was ranked 22nd in the country. I'll and take it. That Finally one- a Pennsylvania sport over a Boston bum any day. <laughs> it was no this is where it got interesting because i beat him and my coach pulls me aside after and goes big dog you just call me big dog i don't know why big dog you just beat the 22nd rate kid in the country i says yeah i know it's freaking awesome i was like yeah so uh let me ask you something you're beating this kid at 133 what do you think you'll do at 125 <laughs> so i had to drop down to 125 he asked me because yeah I, I, he made a good point i was like jeez what's the I made it down, and I just I didn't have a lot of energy, so it didn't work out as well with that. So I was like, you know, I, mean, I really some wasted. Pretty much it was a wasted season. I dropped the weight, and then all of a sudden I was so sucked out by that. I mean, I was so I was cutting so much weight that I was way too weak, not hydrated. I wasn't uh, performing at the highest ability as I needed to be. So basically, I had to get back up to one thirty three, and I basically call it a wasted year because. After that, we didn't, they didn't put me back in the lineup because I was going back up and waiting. There was a kid, Nick Wilcox, who already established himself as a national qualifier. So it is what it is, like I said. So, I so said, it's, okay. it's not to cut you off. It's almost like this whole thing with like people going vegan with their diets and stuff. Like, yeah, you're gonna look skinny and all this stuff, but like you really don't have a lot of strength to you, and you just don't look filled out. Oh, you're right. And you're absolutely right. And I mean, I, I you have five pictures on Facebook when I was that little. If you look at me when I wrestled in high school, so I won a state five pounds my senior year. Um, basically, when that happened, you can see I was putting all the right nutrients in my body. You could actually see my body. I looked good. I got 125 pounds. I was lean. When you watched me in college, it didn't look healthy at all. Just like you were just saying, it looked really thin. It looked like I, I was gassing. Like, my gassing, I mean, like going up and down stairs, I was tired. And it was wearing, yeah, down, I so mean, it was not healthy. That's how I was in high school for hockey. I was really skinny. I was just like the coyote, man, like all cock and ribs, you know. But um, <laughs> I didn't have that much success on the ice like I wish I had. But, you know, you look at Kevin Durant in these NBA playoffs right now, and he's just so freaking skinny. It's like, dude, I'm waiting for a bone yeah. to just snap. Well, he couldn't even bet 115 pounds coming out of college. Like, I mean, I was bet. So my max I ever hit was two thirty five on the bench, and I was doing that at one hundred twenty five pounds. I was benching almost double what Kevin Durant was, and I was one hundred twenty five pounds, and he's about six five. I mean, that just shows you. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just look. He's a bad example. Like, what six eleven? Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's just. But the man can shoot yeah. the basketball. I'll give him that. Oh yeah, and dunk it and do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, a little bit of the rabbit ears. You can't add two plus two though. Dude, that's Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but anyway, Ryan. So, Ryan. so Ryan, let's... big bossy sports fan. Yes, sir. All right, let's let's get your feeling. 
how do you, you know, with the Celtics, they make the moves. They get bounced by the Brooklyn Nets in the first round this year. Danny Ainge leaves. Brad Stevens goes to the front office. What do you think about that? So it's funny you ask because that's a big, I don't know if you saw me posting about it. It was a big thing for me. And I'll tell you what, I, as a big boss of sports fan, like it. And I'll tell you why. I love it. And I'll tell you why. And it's because I love Danny Ainge. I would hate to see him go, but I think he burnt all the bridges um, with a lot of the execs. Like we were, I had said to several people in the past, like, hey, look, he, I mean, he, he was trying to trade hurt players. I mean, every trade he was in, just about he always won. And I think GMs got sick of that. And it got to the point where he had to start, like, trying to, like, pull fashion for people throwing in, like, injured players like Campbell Walker and Isaiah Thomas just to make a decent deal. And I think at that point, when he's at that point now, he's already tarnished his reputation. No one's going to want to deal with him. And then to top it off, the reputation he had with that with Isaiah Thomas, I mean, the players all of a sudden didn't like him. So it's like they, the people didn't want to come here. You need to change because otherwise, if you ain't going to get the athletes that want to go there, they're not going to they're not going to be successful. And I mean, well, let me, let me stop you right there because yeah. Boston has harsh winters. Mm-hmm. It's not the most easiest city to navigate through. Nah. So, you know, you're not going to draw a lot of the big free agents like L.A., like Miami. For some, you know, they go to New York now because they can build a brand in the biggest media market. So even Boston's Chicago already a step behind. What? So even Chicago is ahead of Boston. Yeah, sad. I mean, again, they, it's all about market size with these players now. Yep. However, I do think, you know, you and I discussed, Ryan, a lot in text. You know, Ainge did try to deal injured players. The big thing that I heard talking to people was he did wasn't so truthful with some of the medical records, and Correct. I'll just leave it at that. Correct. And that's and I know and I take your word on that because I think you would know, and I, I feel the same way. I don't doubt it because, I mean, we saw it happen with Isaiah Thomas, and he just did it again with Kemba. So it's like for anyone to be like, oh, that's not Danny. He didn't mean to do it. He's done it multiple times, and it was in a very short time period of time. So I think he had to go. I love Danny. I think he's a tremendous GM, but I think he tarnished his reputation. And look, let's face it. Danny Ainge wants to win. He wants to get Banner 18. I think Danny Ainge would have yeah. traded it. He would have traded his own dog to get the freaking next championship. Like, oh, I yeah. think he, all he wanted to do was get that next title. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'd want my GM to do the same thing. But Absolutely. so what do you think? Who do you want to see to be the next head coach of the Celtics? Oh, I love it. So I was actually, I, I don't know if I sent you to that. I sent all my buddies. I just saw a rumor yesterday about John Calipari wanted to test the market again, the NBA. He's the oh, Kentucky man. head basketball coach. I would love that because I think players like him. And I think that gives you a whole new – I think he's a part, type of coach that would put us in the direction that we need – the Celtics need to go, I should say. Should say we you know where he got his start in college basketball, right? What's up? Didn't he get a start at UMass, Mikey? Ooh, What's that? Didn't Calipari get a start at UMass? A start at UMass? Didn't he that, – that's where he started his college coaching career, I'm pretty sure. Because then, like – there was a game against Temple, and the Temple coach like stormed his press conference oh, trying to fight oh, Calipari. Oh, I thought you said that he start like playing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he. Hold on, I can tell you. But I mean, Mikey's over there probably just like blazing up for Christ's sakes. <laughs> no, wait, wait to listen, bud. He so so um he actually started his coaching career actually at Kansas. He was an assistant, and then he went to Pitt. And his first head coaching job was actually at UMass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I knew, and then it was the thing with the Temple coach. But uh, nonetheless, so you want to see Calipari? I saw some stuff with people saying Coach 
Krzyzewski there from Duke. He's going to retire after the season. Um, I don't know. Some players want to see Jason Kidd, but who the hell knows? Yeah. So let's 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 get to it, Ryan. Let's yeah. get to the main event here. Your Boston Bruins, you and Mikey, you guys have your Bruins thongs on right now. Uh, you both hate Tuca. I was the one defending the guy up until Game Five against the Islanders. They have a pretty good regular season. They get Taylor Hall at the deadline. They beat Washington like they stole something. And then the New York Islanders upset the Bruins in the second round. Before we get to the Taylor Hall stuff, how do you feel about your the season your Bruins just had? Um, I guess I would say a little disappointed, of course. I mean, they came out like a bat out of hell. I mean, overall, I mean, they made some adjustments to get to where they needed to be in the end. But... They ended very – I think they could have made – they should have won that last – in my opinion, they could have easily won the last series against the Isles because, I mean, and we know about that. I mean, they went right through Washington. The momentum was going forward. I mean, they were – you know, I mean, everyone here in Boston, you were here during that time. Everyone was all pumped up about it. And they're, Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like everyone thinking they're going to win, and I was I, – I did too. I didn't think that was going to be the team that would knock them off, especially after they received Taylor Hall, their record against – the Islanders after before that we couldn't beat them for whatever reason. I don't know what the heck was going on, <laughs> but it, it came back and bit us in the butt in the end. And I mean, the Islanders wanted it more. So I said, and I said they would beat the caps in five, just a little humble brag. But I also did say, Mikey can back me up. I said, the only two teams that could beat the Bruins would be the lightning and the Islanders because the yep. Islanders have such a boring defensive style of play that it wins in the playoffs and they have grinders that can grind you down where are you are. Mikey, Mikey, did you, do you agree with me or no? The Islanders played better as a team. Yes, absolutely. So I'll go in on that too. 100%. I mean, and Mikey's the one tweeting it, not me. The The number 40 that made the big saves was wearing blue and orange, not black and gold. Yep. 100%. 100%. So, so Taylor Hall gets acquired at the deadline by the Bruins. Don Sweeney basically stole him from Buffalo. Uh, Mikey, do you give Sweeney any credit for the steal? See, I said, I said this last time. I absolutely don't because, you know, the whole Taylor <laughs> Hall thing, he had the no-trade clause. All the rumors suggest he wanted to be here. So I guess I guess Buffalo really didn't have a choice. So I don't give Sweeney any credit for that, no. See, I think, I think Buffalo did have a choice. They could have stuck it to Taylor Hall. Like, they could have been like, all right, you're going to be like that? You can sit here and rot away the rest of the season with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. What does Buffalo care? Like, that he leaves as a free agent? Who gives a shit? You want that money off your books anyway. And all they got was a second-round pick that's probably not going to turn into anything and something yep. called Anders Bjork. So, I, I still – that baffles me. When we asked Joe McDonald about it when we had him on the trade deadline special, I still don't get how you trade a top player like that in the division to a division rival – and you don't get at least a first round pick back. I just that Buffalo GM should be sent to like Siberia naked or something. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's true. It's, I mean, sent to it's kind of the same. It's, it's kind of the same thing. I think it was your podcast you guys talked about last week, um, where you guys talked about how it was Mikey. It was definitely you said it. Patriots, for example, different sport traded a second round pick to get Mohamed Sanu. And then Atlanta just let go of Julio Jones for a second round pick. And it's like, New England, what are you doing in that? You know what I mean? It's just, to me, it's kind of like the same thing. When you make trades like 
like that they did for getting rid of a former MVP. I mean, come on, first round pick. You knew the Bruins would be back after that first round pick, anyways. Why not go for it? I mean, there's, they're not going to get anything that's going to help the Bruins. I mean, the Islanders would, but I don't know. I mean, not the Islanders, the Buffalo would. I mean, excuse me. Oh, the Sabers. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Buffalo had suitors too. It wasn't like it was just the Bruins that wanted mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. Even though the Islanders got Palmieri and Zajac, there were still rumors that Lou Lamorello, the GM of the Islanders, still wanted Taylor Hall. So, you know, yeah, he had the no movement clause, but he, the Buffalo still could have flexed their muscle a little bit more. Yep. But well, nonetheless, it's the Sabres. They suck, and they're probably going to trade Jack Eichel before the end of this interview. <laughs> so, Bruins have a couple free agents coming up, un- unrestricted ones. David Krejci, Tuca, Taylor Hall. What do you, all right, let's go to Mikey first because I, I can't hear his reaction to this. Do you bring Tuca back even if it's on a team-friendly deal? Fuck no. Okay. If it's a team-friendly deal, then the players are going to want him in the net no matter what. If he's 50%, if he's 25%, if he's 100%, it's going to be it's, it's going to be I mean, you heard uh what's his name's comments the other day, Cam Neely. Oh, I think we owe it to Bergeron and Marshy. I think we owe it to Marsh and Berg. The players run that Bruin team. Don Sweeney, Cam Neely are just talking heads. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it last week. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins said, yeah, you're injured, Tuca. You screwed us last year, but now it's your turn to get hung out to dry. But, Ryan, would you bring back Tuca on a team-friendly deal? Honestly, if you would have asked me this question going around two, it would have been a yes. Now, no. Absolutely not. After what I saw – I mean, it's been a long run for him. He need he Tuka probably needs to change too. I think the Bruins need to change. I don't want him back. I think he's just too much of a too much of a. He sucks the air out of the freaking team. I think he's a, a lot headache. Of yes, he sucks. He tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, the the team. I mean, especially in playoffs. I mean, you go back to 2011 when Thomas was there and cracking skulls and playing with some energy. I don't think you get that from Tuka. I mean, I know they're two different players, but I mean, sometimes you got to have some a little fire in your belly. And I feel like when the push comes to shove, especially in recent years, Tuca just doesn't have have him. Packs up his freaking ten folds. He's just freaking. I mean, last year during COVID, leaving and all that. B, the B uh, the BS with that, and then this past year, I mean, I don't even know why they put him in the freaking net in Game Six. It makes no sense to me. I mean, so. Yeah, I I say team friendly deal. I'll, I'll pass. Bring back two. Uh, yep. If you're getting play, if you're getting paid seven plus million, I expect it in the playoffs. Yes, hundred percent. You got to go. That's what you're paid to do, right? That that's really what he was paid to win those games, and he miserably failed, in my opinion. So, all right, now does that go for forward and defenseman as well? Like getting paid the big bucks like that, you expect to step up in the playoffs, right? Can we um, all agree on that? Yeah, but yeah, okay. dude, hold on before you go further. I, know I think going. it's more on if you're paying them, and by paying them, I mean if you make that contract extension like they did with Tuca once, you know what I mean? They, yep. they they signed him, so to an extent, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, it, I, I think goalie's a little bit of a different position in hockey, and I'll explain it's kind of like a pitcher in baseball where you get those guys that kind of carry the load a lot of times, and everyone else kind of does their part. Stepping up, sure, but I mean, like, for example, and I know we're going to go into this a little bit, but Taylor Hall to me was to get them past the Islanders and get them to that next level. But well, we'll get, like you more... said, we'll, we'll get to Hall in a second, but, you know, getting back to Tuca, and then we'll move on. Yeah. It's funny. He used to get ripped on by the fans, the media in Boston, because he was too emotional, 
He was too, too much of a head case. Mm-hmm. He was slamming a stick. He, mm-hmm. you know, there was the time he came storming off the ice. He tried to kick the end boards and he fell. <laughs> and now, and now he's too calm. Now he doesn't show any emotion in the net, and fans and media give him shit for it. Because I'm the hand, I'm the Montreal Canadian bandwagon leader. I'm getting myself pumped up the other day watching highlights of their uh, 2014 playoff series when they beat the Boston Bruins in seven <clears throat> games in Boston. Um, Carey Price played a hell of a series. Stood on you know, his head. In game seven, Tuca gives up a softie, and you know he's showing emotion. He breaks his water bottle over the post, and it's like you know fans hated that, but now fans hate when he just stands there when he lets it a goal. So you know, I just in a way I do feel bad for Tuca because I do like mm-hmm. no matter what he does, fans are gonna rip him for it. But a lot of it he has brought on himself. Yes. I'm still in the camp. I'm giving him a pass. The bubble, as long it was, as long as the whole thing about the family emergency was a truthful story, I'll give him a pass because I think family before everything. That's just mm-hmm. me. But you know, I just think Tuca's in a no-win situation, and he has said he only wants to play for the Bruins. It's like, why? Why do you <laughs> want to play for a city that you? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ever won them a cup. Fans would still make excuses for him, like, oh yeah, well, Thomas had more shutouts on his way to a cup final. It's like. Like, I don't think what Tuca would have to win multiple cups to win over all Boston fans. See, here's a rhetoric that I think is true, too, because in in his exit comments, he was like, I mean, it's like I go to the grocery store. Like, I'm not getting eggs thrown at me. Like, I think generally as a person, people in this city like the guy. Like, if I saw Tuca on the sidewalk, I'd be like, hey, what's up, Tuca? When I see him in net, I'm like, F this guy. Get out of my face. (laughs) I mean, it's also like the same thing with Dennis Seidenberg. You just go up to him and say, hey, what's going on, man? Nice German soccer techniques. But um, him or Milan Lucic, but whatever. That's the old Curry College days, me and Mikey. But <laughs> Those are good days. So Taylor Hall gets acquired by the Bruins at the trade deadline. Supposed to be the guy that's going to put him over the top. Krejci finally has his big body winger who can create space like Nathan Horton. And, you know, Krejci's going to get going now, and the Bruins have two dominant lines. Hall had two goals in the first round, one goal in the second round. And, Ryan, mm-hmm. we've said on this podcast, you and I have said it in text, they don't ask how, they ask how many. But I just want to say the one goal in the second round for Taylor Hall was on the empty net. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's a goal. A goal is a goal, so I'll give you that. Right. Your overall thoughts on Taylor Hall in the playoffs? Um, nothing that stood out out of the ordinary. I would say he wasn't like he wasn't that MVP. Like I wanted to hope to see him kind of carry on to, but I would say he was an upgrade from what they had, and that he did. I mean, I, there was his performance great, especially round two. No, I was kind of disappointed there, and I think you actually touched on the point I was going to make about the Islanders' boring freaking defense. Yeah. I think that's what got to him. I really do. I think in four games they figured out that. Okay, Krejci, Lucci, this is where we're going to – I mean, Krejci, Krejci, and Hall, okay, here's what we're going to do with these guys. We're going to isolate one at a time, you know, just play that boring freaking defense, and it worked. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I was a little disappointed in his second round. I would like to have seen a third round, how he would have done. That's really where I would have made a suggestion. I did the same thing with A-Rod, and I hate – don't I, hate, I love Boston, but I did the same thing with A-Rod. And that's kind of how I'm going to kind of tie them together because – A-Rod's a POS, don't get me wrong, but here's the thing. My buddy that's a big Yankees fan always talked to me about and I started catching on to was 
A-Rod would do nothing, especially in the playoffs, but do nothing unless the Yankees are up five five runs or something like that, or two or yep. three runs. And yeah, that was their biggest pet peeve. And I said to Joe, I go, Joe, you know, buddy, you got to realize something. Even though they're only up by two runs and then he hits a three-run shot, he's helping build that lead. I mean, is he helping you take that lead? No, but he's helping kind of keep that lead in front and giving you guys a little more cushion. Um, and then he goes to the playoffs. And when he, I think it was like 0 for 21 at one point. I mean, that's garbage. But, I mean, in some sense, I mean, A-Rod can take – like Joe, he agreed with me on this. You can take him, give him some credit, and say, you know what, you kind of helped us with some of these wins because they're they not all their wins. They won by ten runs. They always score one by like three to five. But I guess that's where I'm going with Taylor Hall. However, I think his big thing to me was where I liked him was in the regular season because he kind of took us to that, took the Bruins to the next level, and it showed that with him being on the ice, the Bruins are a better team. Whether the shot came and he scored, someone shoots and hits off his ass and it goes in the the net. I mean, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Goal's a goal. Well, he, well, you said they made the Bruins a better team. You said earlier that you know they got them, and the and then they went three and zero against the Islanders in the regular season. Well, I just saw them go two for four against the Islanders, two and four, excuse me, against the Islanders in the playoffs when it matters more. So, are you telling me you're satisfied with what Hall brought net worth? I guess include playoffs and regular season. You're fine with it, and you wouldn't change a thing. Um, no. I wouldn't. I was satisfied. I think, oh. I, I mean, a lot of, hold on before you go any further. I think a lot of it, if they bring him back, because you know my feelings on Rask, if they, between the three, him, Krejci, Rask, Krejci, and Hall, I want, you know, the two I want to bring back is Krejci and Hall. I think a lot of it's going to have to do on the Hall's deal, though. If they sign him to this freaking massive deal, I'm going to kind of look at him like, why? What did he do for us that deserved that kind of money? I would do, I mean, I got to figure out how, like, I'm not too familiar with how hockey contracts work, but I mean, I would do something that's kind of like incentive based for him. I don't, you can't do incentives like in football and hockey, but, you know, if you're – first of all, I, I said it on last episode. If I'm the Bruins, I, I test Tuca. I say, go ahead, go. You you want to sit around and wait for us? We're not going to wait for you. I'd like to see the Bruins sign Pecorine as a backup. But, nice. You know, if they could get him something, but who knows how much he's going to want. And even Mikey said it. He's probably going to be a starter somewhere next season, maybe Colorado if they move on from Grubauer. However – you know, I think you try to bring Krejci back You on a, again, it's going to be tough for these team friendly deals, but I guess if a team's going to do it, it could be the Bruins where you have Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak all making, I think at most six and a half million, you know, is the highest on that line. So when the top guys are doing it, I think it can filter down to the rest of the team. I think if you can get Krejci back, fine. You know, you mentioned that Taylor Hall was an upgrade on that second line. Well, I mean, Jesus, Ryan, my freaking water bottle was an upgrade over Jake DeBrus. <laughs> so let's let's not use that as our bar here. Fair enough. Okay, Mikey would be an upgrade on that second line. For Christ's sakes, Mikey, our defenseman that we're not going to say the name from Curry College floor hockey is an upgrade on that second line. <laughs> I don't You'd know. You'd have to I, get I brand new far. ice, though, because it would be all chopped up. I wouldn't but. go that far. I mean, the face-off dot might score. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway... So, you're telling me, if you're the Bruins, Ryan, would you have wanted Taylor Hall or Kyle Palmieri uh, at the trade deadline? Oh, man. See, now, now this is kind of – Kyle Palmieri. Truthfully, the right answer, and you know the right answer, is Kyle Palmieri. Right. I mean, it is. And, but truthfully, I've always been a Taylor Hall fan. I remember when he got first picked and he won his MVP. I am partial to that, unless the guy's name is Cam Newton. That's a different story. So <laughs> – 
So I mean, yeah, truthfully, the right answer. Yeah, I would have rather have had Paul Marriott. But but I'd be true with you if I would have known they were in a deal with Taylor Hall and they grabbed Paul Marriott at that time, I kind of would have been a little disappointed because I'm a Hall fan. I'm just that's like a personal thing. Like I've always liked Taylor Hall. I liked the way he played. I loved when he was. I remember watching when he was the first pick. I was like, that guy's gonna be an MVP someday. And I mean, he's had one. I mean, every other he's had a few good seasons. But when he went to Buffalo, he just I don't know what the he hell dogged happened. it in Buffalo, and he'll probably be the first one to tell you he didn't give a shit. The right answer, Ryan, is Taylor Hall. The Bruins made the right trade in getting Taylor Hall. He is a bigger body. Yep. And he, he, he look, in the regular season, he worked well with Krejci and Smith. Taylor Hall looked good. But here's the issue with Taylor Hall. And Mikey and I discussed this at length last episode. Yep. He's Look at his face. It's clean shaven. You know, it could look like a Calvin Klein model. And if that's how my... If that's how my trade trade deadline acquisition player is going to look at playoffs, he's useless to me. I want a guy like Craig Smith, uh, Patrice Bergeron's face. He's got plastic surgery. He has to. But you know what I'm going to say? Taylor Hall's not going to step up in the playoffs. He's not going to lead you. He's not going to steal you a game here or there. And he's not going to go into the corners and battle for loose pucks like that. He's going to go always for the business decision. And that's my issue with Taylor Hall. On the opposite – Kyle Paul Mary's not as big, obviously. But did you watch him in that Islander series? He had an impact in almost every game, just being around the front of the net, causing havoc, making plays. I thought Taylor Hall took himself out of a couple games in that series. And it, that's why I was getting so annoyed. Like, how can you be happy with that? Like, that has to drive you insane as a Bruins fan. I don't care what you do in the regular season. If I cared about that, I would like Peyton Manning a lot more than I do. I want to know what you're going to do in playoffs. And especially with you, both of you being Bruin, um, Boston sports fans, you shouldn't even be happy making just a second round with all the success your team oh, has had in the last 15, we, we 20 both, years. Oh, we both just said that. I mean, we, we, I think me and Mikey both just said we weren't satisfied with the playoffs and how it went. Round two is not good. You want to see them advance. Like I said, that's what I was really looking for round three because with Hall, because then I could have really made an observation of like, okay, he's had three series now. I mean, what the hell's going on? Or, okay, he just had a bad one round two. Now he's having his real good one in the third in the third, se- third, uh, third round. You know what I mean? Who knows? But, yeah, you're right. And but, Ryan, but, right. Ryan, the first round against Washington, Washington tried to knock the Bruins out early. Physically, they just tried to hit him and hit him and hit him. And Washington wore themselves out. Yep. The Bruins tried to do the exact same thing to the Islanders, and they wore themselves out. And the Islanders pounced, and they were hitting all the guys. Krejci, Hall. Uh, I almost just said Lucic because you said him earlier. Uh, <laughs> Bergeron. Pasternak was getting tossed around. The yeah. only player I didn't see really fight back physically, so, you know, hard hits or late hits, was Taylor Hall. Jake DeBrusque, no what, what you want to say? DeBrusque would finish a hit. I would see Smith finish a hit. Yeah, Hall got uh, in a fight. Yeah, Hall got in a fight. Again, again. I said after I was talking about later on in that series. What was that fight? Game three or four? It was game. game okay. Four. And by the way, who just said he won the fight? Because whatever you're smoking, give it to me. Because he did not win the fucking fight. He picked <laughs> a fight with Mayfield. He was getting pumped with rights. He even had his arm out trying to call off the fucking fight. He and won still the fight. lost the fight and ate more right hands. I mean, I don't know what you have to see to realize that he lost the goddamn fight. Well, the guy fell down and oh my god! So all right, Ryan, Ryan, if I beat the shit out of you and I'm throwing straight rights, I'm giving you five, six right uppercuts, and you're trying to wave me off here to stop the fight, but because I slip on a patch of ice, you won that fight. Anthony slips over Scuba Steve. 
<laughs> what are you on right now? Like that, that's insane. Well, I guess the way I could look at it, because you know I'm a big MMA fan. I would it's not MMA hockey. though, but this is hockey. I, I, no, you're right. You're right. But they, they, they MMA to determine who wins fights, correct? So if that's I don't care I what they determine in ML, MMA. I'm talking about the NHL. If if you're using MMA judgment to win a hockey fight, then fuck using your fist, drop kick a guy with the skates on him. <laughs> could you imagine seeing that dude? Holy cow! No, but it's like he didn't win the fight. It's okay to say your favorite players don't win fights. Have no, you seen the fucking Flyers? Those guys, are, if they even did bother fighting, they get their ass beat anyway. But they're so pathetic, they have glue on their hands with the gloves. But it's okay. Not every player you love is going to win a fight, except for maybe Kevin Miller. <laughs> I think because... the Flyers are using fight attack instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most likely. I mean, Jesus. That's awesome. I think, in all, has, I think the only Bruin in the last 20 years that has never lost a fight, it's got to be Kevin Miller, no? About, Seriously, no, I don't think I don't Thornton. think I've ever Thornton. seen that guy lose a fight. How about Sean Thornton? No, I saw him get shit pumped by John Scott one time, and that was well, kind of scary. Never, that's what I was. I never seen him. He was a beast. I thought he was an enforcer. Say what you want about Thornton, he never backed down. He didn't care who you were. Right. You know, him and, and Terry O'Reilly. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, hey, Sean Thornton's got more cups than O'Reilly by two. But it's true. Hall didn't win the fight. I'm just going to tell you. It's okay, Ryan. You know, again. again. I'll pick his ass. Oh, <laughs> shut the hell up over there. Because I can hear you with your fucking hands. That's not me. So, all right. So, so how much per but, year would you give yeah, Taylor Hall, Ryan, if, to bring him back? How many years would you go? How much million per year? Do you know what his current contract is now? One year, eight million, but it's expired. Okay. So and now I he has cause... said he, he has said he's not looking to make a huge ticket again like he has. He said he's made plenty of money in the NHL and he wants to win and he hopefully has a good fit in Boston. Give him six and a half. So you want to pay him up? I, what is Marshan? I think Marshan's up there like that, right? Yeah, and I, I mean he's. In, I mean I think that's a fair deal. I mean they, think about it. I mean if you put the numbers together uh, from the time he joined the Bruins, but him and Mart they were pretty damn close. But I think I'd say anywhere from five and a half to six and a half million per year. I'd be happy with if they're gaining less than that. They steal them, and I don't. I wouldn't want to see them pay more than that. I don't want to see them getting more than seven. Well, first of all, you can't compare him to Brad Marchand because any time I watched Marchand in the playoffs, he was either scoring a goal or setting one up, and it was so frustrating. Or someone off to the point. Yeah, that too. Or missing to down low. Mikey, and Mikey, you're you're gonna like give me shit for this. I'm actually starting to like Brad Marchand. Oh, get it's the like, hell out of it, dude. Dude. No, it is. It's like, it's like, dude, like, what is wrong with me? Like, I hate this guy. And it's like, I think you're a Bruins fan again. Let's face it. Cause, cause, cause no, last no. week, last week you said, you said something about the Bruins game was pissing you off. That's how I know. That's how I know you're becoming a Bruins fan again. What? That I had it on? No, you said you were watching it. And, and I forget last week's episode again, but you were like, I remember sitting there and something, something pissed you off. I don't know, probably having to listen to you for an hour every Sunday. <laughs> oh. No, but like, all right, you can't, you don't pay Hall $6 million. If it's me, well, how many years did you say? I would give him. I said three at 15. I was thinking three, two, and maybe, uh, did they do player options or team options? No. Okay. I would go three, max four. I'd go four years, five and a half million per. I would, 
I would try to steal him like that. He's he's already come out and said he's not trying to break the bank. Um, and look, I think you can pitch it to him where if you take a little bit of a hit here on the money, we can bring Krejci back. We can have these two lines again with the the perfection line, as uh, that was stupidly named by a beat writer. And have and then you'll team. have and then you'll have Craig Smith on the second line, Hall and Krejci, because I do think that could be an effective line. Until it's not cutting time, then you don't find Taylor Hall. But I just want to read a couple of stats here, fellas, if you don't mind. Is that okay with you both? Sure. Okay. Uh, Mikey, this is mostly aimed at you because last episode I had my pants down and I wasn't ready for the David Krejci question. So, okay, Mikey's in his car again. So let's, let, me, let me just say this. Taylor Hall in 11 playoff games, three goals, two assists, five points, a minus two. That's in the two series. Just in the Islander series, one goal, one assist, two points, a minus five. And what was Mikey McCarthy's rebuttal to that? I forget. Mikey, do you remember what you were saying? I was asking. I want I wanted to see what Krejci's stats were for that series. Oh, all right, I got those. Here, here they are right here. David Krejci. Let me just put on my reading glasses here. In 11 games played, two goals, seven assists for nine points, and was a plus minus of zero. 11. What was, on, on, what was one of the... What? He had 11 games played in the Islanders series? No, you jackass. I'm talking about all playoffs. Well, I'm talking about the Islanders series. I'm talking about all playoffs. Okay, well, we're talking about two different things then. Go ahead. No, we're talking about all playoffs here I'm, because I'm that's – that. No, no, we're talking about all playoffs because that's how we're measuring this. Okay? Crazy. And, I, and, I, and it's what I said to you about Taylor Hall. You can't get like even a secondary assist on some of these goals. You're getting play, power play time in these both series. How are you not getting more points? But, okay, that's fine. And so, you know what I did? You know what I did, fellas? I went back and I remembered the Bruins also acquired a pretty heavy winger, can create some space, be physical. Back in 2014, back when they choked against the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> when they won the uh, President's Trophy that year. Do you remember who that guy was? It wasn't a Ginlaw, was it? It was Jerome Ginlaw himself. <laughs> okay. So now, let's see. In 12 playoff games, Jerome McGinley had – who did they beat in the – oh, Detroit in five. That's right. In 12 playoff games, McGinley, five goals, two assists for seven points plus minus of zero. And you know who I compared him to? Or, excuse me, do you know who one of his linemates were? David Krejci? Uh, Mikey, do you remember? David Krejci. David Krejci, thank you. Yeah. Uh, in 12 <laughs> games played, no goals, four assists for four points when it was a minus three. was a minus three. So let me ask you, fellas, with David Krejci playing better this season in the playoffs, why did Taylor Hall not put up as many points when David Krejci was doing nothing in the 2014 playoffs? Ryan, your answer? (laughs) My answer? played better. Oh, my God. So Tukaras (laughs) is going to determine if Taylor Hall scores. You asked us an answer. We gave you one. You're right. You're right. I, it's it is your answer. I just I'd it's like a funny see, one I'd to like me. To see. Okay, I I probably should I probably should have prepared myself a little better, but you know I'd like to see how many shots on net Taylor Hall took. Look yeah, it up on good... your own time, but it, it he was a non-factor in that Islander series. A non-factor. Disagree. I don't think saying he was. I I, I watched still, the games. He's involved in the play. That's all I'm. After that fight, right. I didn't see him at all. I I thought he was still involved in the puck. 
Yeah. No, his points I will think... argue otherwise, but that's fine. I, I, you know who I did notice was uh, Kyle Palmieri. Anyway, my point of the argument, fellas, and the stats was every round gets harder in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you need to step up. You need to get more out of your players. Taylor Hall, in the regular season, he's in fifth speed on the shifter. He's in fifth speed in the playoffs, and he doesn't shift up. And that's Taylor Hall in a nutshell. He'll look great in the regular season, but that's it. That's well, all. I hope, like I said, I would have been really more impressed with the third series, like I said, if they got there. That would have, I think that would have really made my decision-making. I mean. Well, if he would have stepped up in this series and fought through yep. adversity, they would have maybe made it to the third round. You're right. If you would have I don't a- think Taylor Hall is the reason why you're not playing Tampa right now, though. The, okay. See, that's besides, what I was saying, too, Besides Mike. the fact that uh, either – Besides the fact that either your coach has Tuca out of the net or the fact that the, the team decided to hang Tuca out to dry. Oh, they fine. had no D. That's they a had big no part D of it. Whatsoever. What? Their defense absolutely blew. Mikey, yeah, dude. a couple of those games were low scoring games. And, and I still think when I still think the defense couldn't cycle the puck out of their own end, the puck was getting caught up time after time. You realize some the of that Bruins was on the have... forwards, too. You realize the Bruins have arguably the best defensive forward to ever play the game. So that's automatically like an extra defenseman out there. And that guy is on the line that can score a goal whenever the hell they want. So I'm not taking that that excuse from you. Okay, I'm just telling you. I mean, I don't want Matt Grizzlick as my second number one payment. No, I wouldn't either. I don't blame you on that one. But it is what it is. That's when you need. Even when Brandon Carlo was out there, I didn't like what I saw either. I thought, uh, look, I thought, how many times do I have to hear in sports it's the next man up? How many times are we going to hear that in every goddamn sport? Yeah. And and guess what? Yeah. And that's, and that's my point is is that when it came to be next man up, they didn't actually withstand the Islanders. But guess what? I saw Brad Marchand keep scoring. I saw David Pasternak keep scoring. I saw Krejci and Bergeron keep scoring. Where is Taylor Hall? You can't, it's supposed to be the whole team stepping up in the playoffs to carry the team. And especially when you're a heavily favored Bruins team like that. I think, I think if uh, Mike T's probably going to agree with me on this, I think. I think Zadino Chara effect, not seeing him there, that's the defensive leadership we needed and we didn't see it. And that's what Zadino brought. And I think that was definitely a big factor. So when Mikey talked about the defense not just having it, I think nope. that's where the, they didn't have any leadership. And that's what Zadino brought. And that's really where I think could have changed things. Mikey can't. Was- Mikey can't say that. Mikey cannot say that about Zdeno Chara. I'm not going to sit here and say that if they had Zdeno Chara, the series would be different. I don't know. No, be- because remember that cocky little prick from uh, Roslindale? Screenshots are a motherfucker, Mikey. And when I when I sent that tweet out, when you sent it after like game three, no Chara, no Krug, no problem. Hey, they were probably not Krug. I was never a Krug guy, but I think Chara would have helped. No, I, I, I disagree. I'm, I'm telling you, Beauvillier. Barzal, they were working. Brock Nelson, they were working down low behind the goal line, behind the faceoff dots. And Chara can't keep up. He can't keep up anymore. He didn't. He didn't That's need true. to. His size and his reach was so big, it could have forced them out of the corners, up the half wall more. Well, now you have wingers like Chris Wagner, Sean Corrali. Yeah, um, but he's gonna get there first. You know, I'm not you so sure that Zdeno Chara had that pull anymore. I'm not so sure that guys would go, "Oh shit, Chara's down here. Now I gotta go to the outside." I'm, I'm not so sure that they think like that anymore. Uh, I saw Pasternak get a little flustered in the first round series. Again, I'm not saying Chara has to catch the guys, 
I'm saying his size advantage would force the Islanders up the half wall more then that would allow the Bruins forwards to get attack better. Eh, maybe. Look, I'm not saying he would have yeah. won you the series. I just think it would have looked a little bit better defensively for the Bruins. Me too. Yeah, probably, it probably would have looked good there, yeah. But definitely a little clock cleaner. All right, fellas. Well, we've got wow, we've gone pretty long here on this uh on this I, episode. I just got one more thing for Ryan. Okay. Yes, sir. I just, I just want Okay, so back to the wrestling thing. So yep. Have you ever been in a situation where you're wrestling oh, and God. you go, oh, my God, this guy's nuts. This guy's junk is right in my face or or vice versa, where it's I got I get I got my junk right in this guy's face or I'm <laughs> I got grappling this guy from behind and his ass is right up my face. Like I'm, I'm about to give it to him from behind. Like, well, have you ever have you ever been in a position where you're like, what the hell am I doing? This just doesn't look right at all. Well, it's funny you ask that because just so you know, a couple things I'm going to go on that topic. I actually, it was funny because my high school coach used to tell me that. He's like, if you're on the mat with the guy and you're on bottom and I want you guys staying on bottom because I'm telling you guys like getting fucking, you know, <laughs> I will, I'll you can cut that uh, part. Yeah, let's, let's, let's keep a PG, fellas. Oh, yeah. Well, basically, oh, truthfully, to go okay. on with it, that didn't bother me. Like, it's funny because I had, when the first time, it's funny you mentioned this, it's the first time I ever wore a singlet. I remember I thought it was the weirdest freaking thing ever because the first tournament I went to, I wrestled in shorts and a t-shirt. And then I remember my, it was my second tournament ever. I was 10 years old and I went 0-2. And, and I just remember like it was yesterday, just being like, it didn't even matter. You could have put me on the mat freaking naked. I was going to go out there and rip the guy's head off. Like, that's just my mindset. Like, I was nuts like that. So, no, I didn't. When the guy was on top, my coach used to tell me, like, you know what I mean? Don't. He's like, I don't want to see you getting held down. I just used to never think that way. But. The, the nuts in the face thing, Marky, Mikey, I'll, I'll go PG-13. If my Facebook pictures hadn't been deleted, I had a picture that was perfect perfect for you. Not This guy's nuts in my face. Me with a figure oh, four on the guy's head. When I was ref calling a pin. And basically all the pictures that like, I was tagged in were deleted recently. for Because <laughs> the kid deleted his For assault for... reasons. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, no, yeah, no. It, was, it, it sounds weirder than it is. But basically what happened was. You see Ryan on the 6 o'clock news? <laughs> <laughs> no, but realistically, I had a figure four on this guy. And the kid that – I was so pumped. I was going gonna to save all those photos because he had the kid that had like 100 wrestling photos of me. He was a big fan. He was in eighth grade. He used to take all these pictures for his school. Anyways, yeah, he, so he tagged me in all these photos, and he deleted his Facebook, so I can't get them back anymore. I'm like, damn. But there was a good one in there that I think would have had you laughing. But I didn't – no, I never really thought of it like that. In, like I said, wrestling is a unisex sport. I was a little guy, and you'd have a lot of girls that wrestle too. And I mean, that was probably the when I started thinking, like, okay, this is gonna be nice. I can, I can touch girls at this age. This is great. But it turns into it when they step on the mat. It kind of, you, I think any of you two know, you guys step on the mat with a girl, you're like, I'm not gonna fucking lose. So it's like, that was my I mindset see, with that. Yeah. Like, it's like was- Turtle in the Entourage movie when he fights Ronda Rousey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to too. <laughs> uh, she won. She won that fight. But because and then she walks in on E getting laid in Turtle's room. <laughs> and then she then he goes over there and he goes right into their cage. He's like, "Come on, listen. I'll, I'll last a minute. And I'll, I'll you. I'll take. Let me take you on another date." He was yeah, like, oh. that was good. That was a good line. She freaking arm bars him and like literally waits till the clock gets to one and then snaps his arm. <laughs> oh, but yeah. It's but speaking of, I'll make this quick. UFC Dawson Poirier Conor McGregor coming up. Real excited. That's going to be a big fight. It's supposed to be a billion-dollar show, they're saying. And as you guys touched on, I'll end on this note. And it was kind of cool because a lot of – like, why I'm a big MMA fan, 
Uh, long and short of it, a lot of the guys trained in the room when I was at Bloomsburg. Guys like Frank Yeager, Tim Boach. Tim Boach is actually from Maine. Those guys just come in our room to get wrestling practice in. So where UFC is blown up like it is, it's kind of cool to say you've known a lot of those guys. One of my oh, hell yeah. One of, my, one of my teammates, I'll make this quick, the guy that I was fighting last week, Israel Adesanya, Stylebender, the guy that dances, you guys probably seen him on ESPN. He uh, he was training the wrestling guy from my teammate, Frank Hickman. And the Frank's on the ultimate fighter right now, tra- coaching the wrestling. So it's kind of really unique to say that you've, you're around these pro athletes, especially with the sports taking off like it has. It's kind of like a big deal now. This, oh, might, yeah, see, yeah. this might come as a surprise to you, Ryan, but, you know, I <laughs> – I am. I'm no longer a McGregor fan. Have haven't been for quite some time. No, we'll we'll definitely get you back on for the McGregor fight for sure. Because like that's a huge name. But yeah, I, people all the time. Like I trained. Like I learned how to play drums from like Tommy Lee. So it's, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Tommy Lee's the man. He's the best. <laughs> Dude, I'm <laughs> trying. I'm almost there. I'm trying so hard to learn how to spin the drumstick with my hand. Oh, that kind of metal cage and learn the drum inside that and have like, it spin. Yeah, oh my god, that was crazy. But dude, dead ass. I found a sick picture of him online and I took a pic like and I had it like developed and I have it on the cork board at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you never I wouldn't say you never heard of him, but the whole time I was like, Anthony, you gotta watch this movie for like 80s bands. You gotta watch this movie. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, I'm gonna watch it with my mom. And I was like, Don't do that. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> like, because my mom loves the 80s hair. Like, she's the reason why I like the 80s hair bands. Because she's, I grew up her always listening to him. Bon Jovi's like her favorite, dude. My mom my too. first, my first communion present from my mom was Bon Jovi concert tickets. I'm in second grade going to see Bon Jovi, and so and like, um, I was home one weekend, and we watched like these documentaries all day on this like IFC channel. It was like breaking up the band. It was Aerosmith, uh, Cinderella, um, Poison, and Motley Crue. And, you know, she was like, oh, like, I'd never go to one of their concerts. It freaks me out. So when you told me that, that's why I was like, yeah. Like, and my mom, she's got a sick sense of humor. And, she, like, you think I say the F word a lot? No. She, she'll, <laughs> yeah, you think she works, you know, down at the docks or something. The way she says, like, holy smokes. But I watched it with her after I watched it, you know, by myself. And, yeah, it got awkward at times and shit. But she loved the movie. She thought it was awesome. Oh, it's great. If you if you watch it all the way through, I mean, it's great. I mean, I think they should do an Aussie movie. After what you saw what that actor did with Aussie in that one, I mean, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, I would, I've only seen The Dirt twice. Be, and I honestly would have watched it so many more times, I would have been sick. But the part where uh, Vince's daughter, you know, goes through what she goes through, I, both times, I physically was shaking and crying so bad, I just can't do it, but. Dude, you got to read the book. The book is like a lot better too. Oh, it's funny you say that because I was actually looking online. I was trying. They have a couple websites you can actually get a few of the chapters on. So that's what I knew about. Remember, if you tell them about the the burritos thing. Yes. Yes. It's like I saw. I heard that. I was like, what were they thinking? Dude, Mikey, Motley Crue made flashlights before they were a thing. (laughs) I'm 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 honestly not surprised. (laughs) Not surprised at all. Uh, but. All right, boys. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on for episode 25 of the Off the Rails podcast. And uh, like we said, we'll definitely have you back on for the McGregor fight. And pretty good rebuttals tonight about the Taylor Hall stuff. Good stuff. It was always thank you guys again for having me. Uh, you guys do a tremendous job as always. And uh, hope to run into you guys again soon. And uh, like I said, we'll talk touch base on the McGregor fight. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy.
All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. See ya. All right. And just want to say a big thanks to Ryan Toussaint for coming on, talking to us about wrestling and his career with that. And, you know, it was a little tough on him with the whole Bruins and Taylor. In the school, Mikey, but, you know, facts don't lie. That's all. I mean, Taylor Hall did win that fight, though. I mean, who are you kidding me? Dude? Oh, my God. I'm not. <laughs> and I know you're trying to piss me off, and it's still working. Like, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, oh, it's okay to admit your team doesn't do everything perfect. Jesus. Well, it's not. But anyway, it's also okay to admit your team cheats. No? No comment. Yeah. Speaking of cheating. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um. Let's see here. As Seth Curry just dinks one off the rim. Jesus. Is that the still close? Are they only down by two or something? Yeah. But I'm trying to, you know, we're going to drop this later tonight. So I'm trying not to, like, do the whole score thing and stuff. Um, but, yeah. The the MLB cracking down on pitchers mm. using foreign substances to tacky up the ball, make it stickier, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it all by now. Mikey, you got a hard-on for this, so let's hear it. I love it because it's bringing baseball back to the spotlight, especially when you hear just when you just hear these pitchers just bitch about it. Like, dude, they don't know what the hell to do with themselves. Like, like if you listen to some of their press conferences, for example, the whole Garrett Cole thing I thought was fantastic. When that when that reporter asked asked Garrett Cole if he ever used Spider Tag, you know he didn't he he didn't just come out. You know, you've already lost the press conference when when your first response isn't no when you when you answer something like that. He's just like he's stuttering. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I would never, uh, yeah. Uh, and he's like, didn't know what to say. Well, I it's like Brady. Great. It's I like thought. Brady and Deflategate. And they said, are you I was a cheater? Just gonna say that. Yep. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. It, it was like he didn't know. It was like the guy basically said he was guilty without saying he was guilty. Sorry, it, it, a little a little premature on my part, kind of. No, but it happens it, to me here and there, you know. It was just absolutely hilarious, and then you had the the, the whole Tyler Glass now stuff, where he's like, uh, "I had to grip the ball a little harder, and it's causing my arm to get a little painful." Oh, shut up! Oh, how long have you been pitching? If you can't throw, if you can't throw a fastball straight in the big leagues without using a little freaking jizz or whatever, then my <laughs> god, dude. My God, do you deserve to get absolutely lit up every single game? Go it out is... there. You, oh, I can't, you, I can't even use sunscreen anymore without it being a problem. Shut up and go out there and throw the ball. Oh, this whole thing is great. These pitchers have to be the biggest babies in all of sports. Like, absolutely. really? Really? Because you can't goo up a ball. You're going to whine and bitch and complain about it. Like, and all I can think of is Major League, again, another reference there, like, with the guy Eddie Harris when Charlie Sheen's like, "What's that shit on your chest?" You know? He's lubed yeah. up with all these different substances. Like, yeah, all these like you said, Garrett Cole on the verge of tears the other day. Just shut the hell up. Go out there and throw the freaking ball because there's gonna be somebody that's gonna make something new and disguise it in the pants or the hats or whatever. Like, it's just, man, it's crazy to me how it's just like when these guys were using it. You saw it this year, Anthony. There was what? It's it's June, but. Even into May, there was what six no hitters or whatever. That's just yeah. absolutely, and and everyone's going, what the hell's going on in Major League Baseball? And then, oh, what a month later, all this comes out. It's like, well, no shit. It's like now you take that one little thing away, and these pitchers are giving up eight bombs a night, and it's it's absolutely fan. Hey, and I'll be the first to admit, I thought the better the pitching, you know, the faster the game. I was at the game the other night. The Red Sox won two to one, but hey. Evaldi was pitching. It was a quick. It was only like eight hits. It was a nice, quick, quick, 
easy game. And then now, now you, t- you take the spider attack away, it's back to the four-hour games because guys are hitting 480-foot bombs again. And, and, and the pitchers have no command whatsoever. It's just it's absolutely crazy what's going on with this sport. On the whole thing. Goo it up, baby. Goo oh, it yeah. up. I want to see it. Because here's – I got two reasons why. One, if the hitters are going to go through the steroid era and, you know, just load up on the meat and just smack the ball 100, yard, 100 yards over the fence, go for it. I like that then. I like it now that the pitchers are fighting back, tacking up the ball, doing whatever they can, do it up. And you know what? Let them pop roids again on the hitters. I, I don't give a shit if both sides are cheating. It's more entertaining. Baseball now sucks to watch, whether your team's playing or not. Yeah. Okay? Good. God. Good. Have these guys, you know, going insane, firing the ball the way they do and all this shit. And then, you know, how awesome would it be to see Garrett Cole tacking up a ball against Mark McGuire back in the day? You know, like he's either going to smoke one way past the Big Mac sign in St. Louis or Garrett Cole is going to spin him into the ground with such a curveball that his freaking red hairs are going to come off his face. Like, I, I want to see that, you know? If one side's going to cheat, both sides cheat. I want to see it. It's better entertaining. Baseball sucks without a little bit of an edge anyway. I another was going say – I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So another reason why I want to see it let these pitchers continue to tack up the ball, when you're watching a baseball game and you get guys that are like, oh, that was a fastball, a curveball, a breaking pitch, a slider – when you're watching it on TV, even at games, you really can't appreciate without the slow-mo replay just how much the ball moves and it dips and it you know goes left. You really can't appreciate it, right? It's like watching hockey. It's tough to follow the puck. Well, now you're going to take away the substances, and you're really never going to be able to see the ball moving and really appreciate when you get a guy spinning pitches left and right. Granted, like I just said before, with the tacky, you really still couldn't see it, but you can break it down and just more. That's, that's one of the things I was thinking about. It's just the way to really, you know, get an appreciation for a pitcher and what they do. Wow. That was just embarrassing. I just watched a six or miss a wide open dunk. You can really see what they do and, and appreciate their talent. You know, that's, that's one thing I was thinking. See, it's funny. You mentioned the steroids, you know, if you're going to give, if you're going to give the batters the steroids, I'm fine. If the pitchers do it too. I'm not crazy about the tacky stuff. I mean, look, I would love to see I would love to see a guy out there jacked on the mound again like a Chapman throwing 105 and like you said having Mark McGuire come up and hit a 500 freaking 40 foot bomb. I want to see that again, but you know, I just feel like as far as the tacky stuff goes, I just feel like it can kind of shake things, shake the whole element of the game up cuz I'm thinking now, like now I'm starting to dig a little deeper where I'm like, okay, well, if it's easier to throw a fastball with the goo on it, well then does the caught stealing rate go up too? Like, like I'm curious. I want like I haven't looked that up. I've thought about it, but I I really haven't looked it up yet, and I will. But I wonder if if the whole caught stealing rate has dropped significantly because it might be harder for catchers to throw the ball a second now that they can't throw it straight with that goo on it anymore. So I don't know. I'm gonna, I, Damn, I'm gonna that's a good point. I'm gonna keep an eye on that. Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. Shit, I, w- I wish I knew back in my pitching days you could go up a ball. I would have been freaking on fire. Oh, semen, sun lotion, whatever. <laughs> All those lonely Friday nights in Whitman, you know? <laughs> they could have benefited to your, to your use. <laughs> Meanwhile, in eighth grade, I'm rocking a full-out Austin Matthews mustache to classes. Like, what's up, ladies? Like, Jesus. 
Um, but Mikey, yeah, I'm all for it. Do it up. You know, the MLB's if the MLB is just doing it, first of all, what is it now? If you get caught with it, it's a 25 game suspension with pay. That's nothing. I'd, I'd take that all day. I fine. I'll sit my ass out. Give me the paycheck. Nonetheless, who cares? Maybe the MLB is just trying to get some uh, notoriety. Of their my opinion. Sport. My opinion, though, Anthony, I think Major League Baseball has known about this for a long, long oh, yeah. time. But it just got to be so bad, and the players abused it so much that it was like, dude, you leave us no choice. I mean, everyone's throwing a freaking no hitter. You have, you have, you have, you have six dudes in the league throwing no hitters. No one's heard any of their names before. I yeah, mean, maybe, the guy in the Orioles. Yeah, it's like it. It got to a point where it was like. Dude, we have to like break the news on something here because this is getting ridiculous. Um, yeah, exactly. They, they, these baseball pitchers did what the Patriots did. They stuck their tuchus in the league's face and said, "Ha ha, you're not going <laughs> to do anything." <laughs> and now this is what happens. Making this next one an effing balloon, <laughs> Dorito Dink. That always um, cracked me up, by the way. That was pretty good. Speaking of cracking me up, get a load of this jabroni, okay? <laughs> Let me see this guy. Uh, a veteran lobsterman, Michael Packard, entered the water for a second dive of the day. This was back uh, sometime in June. Uh, Herring Cove Beach, wherever the frig that is. Somewhere in Massachusetts, anyway. This guy claims he was swallowed whole by a whale. Swallowed whole by a whale. Uh, the temperature was a balmy 60 degrees, and the visibility was tw- about 20 feet. So, Yeah. Mikey, do you believe this guy? Sounds like a fish story to me, Anthony. I mean, oh look, shit! I, I want to sit him, here. And, I, someone's got the puns. I want to sit here and be like, that'd be a crazy experience. But man, this whole thing smells a little fishy. I mean, I'd like to see witnesses. You know, were there any witnesses? By the way, have you read the full story? I no, that's the thing. I haven't seen any witnesses, and I haven't seen any pics or videos. So we're gonna have to just take this. I mean. I think what might have happened was, you know, the guy went for a dive to see his lobster trap and saw a whale pretty close to him and say, hey, this would be a wild story if I just said this. Look, I just think, man, whales and dolphins are the smartest animals in the ocean. They are. They know when you're, they know a human from a seal or a fish. They know whales don't go after humans unless they absolutely are willing to. And you know what? I I don't know, Anthony. This this whole story seems a bit odd. So... No, I'm with you. I, I call complete bullshit on this guy. Yeah. But apparently... I'm sort of in that realm, too. Uh, apparently, 150 years ago, a Cape Cod man off Cape Verde Islands was swallowed by a sperm whale. But um, this guy over here is saying, I was completely inside. It was completely black. I thought to myself, there's no way I'm getting out of here. I'm done. I'm dead. All I could think of was my two boys. Dude, that just sounds like a freaking Saturday night that you regret immediately Sunday morning. Oh, I mean, dude, that whole thing is weird. I mean, just the fact that there's really no one there to see it, and it was like we have to just have to take the guy's word for it. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just the whole thing smells a little fishy. Yeah, I, I, I'm calling bullshit. I don't, dude. Like, dude, humpback whales—they don't even like open their mouths fully. They just like breach whatever the hell they have. Like the, and their teeth aren't even teeth. They're like straw and whales are smart creatures dude they know they know if they want to tip a boat they can tip a boat easily but they don't do it that just scared the sh- wait are you serious what if a whale wanted to tip a boat they would have you seen the size of, of of at least i mean i know they're different species of whales but 
Have you seen a blue whale before? No, I get that, but I'm saying like a whale could like, a whale could do anything it wants, really. Dude, I could just imagine if you were a whale. I bet you you'd be like, "Hey guys, watch this," and just like flick a boat like flying in the air. No, I like thought- I, I hate any body of water: lakes, oceans, ponds, rivers, pools. Like I don't, I hate going in water. Like the fact that I used to go on a boat in the ocean now like freaks me out that you just said that. Oh, dude, when I was a kid, like I. I went banana boating off and like jet skiing and all that shit off the coast, off the Cape. And man, when I was in the banana boat, everyone in my family on the sharp turn fell off. There's me, there's little old nine-year-old me holding on for dare life with both my hands. I'm like, dude, I am not going in this freaking water. No, hell no. Like um, when the pandemic first started last year, my girlfriend and I, we used to every couple days drive down to the Cape over the Sagamore Bridge. And we go, like, rollerblading or biking along the canal. Dude, one time we saw a seal. It's kind of, like, pop up. Never saw him again. Never saw him again. I mean, I think I think they do sleep at the bottom if they want to. You go in the water. Cage goes in the water. Sharks in the water. Look, I don't like to go. I mean, I won't go in the ocean past my waist because of that whole reason. It's just, like, I'm so fearful that I'm just going to get dragged under. And it's just, like... Man, just that fact of like you don't know what's below you is it, it it is enough for me to get freaked out. Dude, you ever tried and, and surfing? Look, never been surfing, but uh, when I was in Myrtle when I was in Myrtle Beach a couple of years ago, I got stung pretty bad in the foot by a jellyfish, and that was enough for me to be like, "Fuck that, dude." Did you have to piss on it? I pissed on it in the shower, and I went to the lifeguard. They like sprayed this weird stuff on it, but dude, that's gross. It, it felt like it felt like teeth were on my feet. And then, like, I was like, ah, what the fuck was that? And, I, and then I just stood there. And then, like, five seconds later, it was just like, zip, 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 three in a row again. And I was like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> I, hauled, I hauled ass out of the fucking ocean. Everyone was, like, standing. Like, I just got attacked by a shock. But I was like, nah, I just got stung by a jellyfish. Yeah, no, I mean, I went surfing one time in Situate. Friends with this kid from high school that lived there. And not the one you're thinking of. And... He, this kid used to always surf. He's like, oh, let's go. It's, it's called, like, Egypt Beach. I couldn't surf in Mass or, like, East Coast Beach. Dude, I, like, paddled out there, and I'm just sitting on, like, the board because your feet dangle, and I'm, like, and I'm looking, and I'm, like, dude, something is going to, like, fly up and just grab me any second because now you look like a seal from underneath. And then I'm, like, dude, we're kind of near a lighthouse. Like, are there sharks around here? He's like, yeah, but just, like, if you just kind of like stay calm, like you'll be fine. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so a- the, I got up once on the board once I fell and I just remember hitting the bottom of like the ocean there and just getting dragged because like the tide was so strong. And you and got the fuck like, out of the water. Yeah. I'm never doing this again. Dude. Even kayaking, man. I wouldn't want to kayak anymore in the ocean. Remember those pictures from the Cape dude, just like trudging along and you just see a fin. Yeah, I'm all set with that too, man. I mean, that's that's enough to freak me out. But yeah, I have been helmet diving in the Bahamas, which is fun, dude. Even lakes and ponds, dude. The snapping turtles and these big ass fish. Like last yeah. year, last year in Maine, we went to Lake Sabago there, and I was like, my buddy Kev, he was swimming in it, and I'm like, dude, I'm not. I'll jump in and it, hurry my ass to get out. Like I'm not gonna just float around in water. That's their turf, man. I'm not messing with that. Yeah, dude, snapping turtles, dude, those things can just take your toes off if, if if they're aggressive enough. But, you know, I think the one thing that freaks me out the most about lakes is how just how gross the water is. Because, like, you know, I'll go in a lake, I'll jump off a boat, I'll float around for a second. Not in the ocean, but in a lake, it's just, you know, look, 
I got a bad air infection from the lake because I think that I think the lake waters are so gross that that lake water got deep into my ear and it made it made I had an ear infection for like three straight months, which was brutal. Just gotta but, get a Z pack. Yeah, that's those things help, man. Dude, like, what freaks me out about lakes is like you can see the bottom, and then all of a sudden it's just black water, and it's like, all right, there's something under there. Yeah, I'm. Oh, dude, we used to go bridge jumping in um, Norwell when like in high school, and it was like salt water combined with fresh water. I don't know, is it called like a basin? I don't know, but we used to bridge jump, and I remember one time a freaking snake, like a water snake wrapped around my foot and I was freaking the hell out. Probably and then, no, no, they had moccasins, like water moccasins. But dude, then we saw like on YouTube, a great white shark had been in there. Like, I think it was like two years before, but that was enough for me and I never went back. Anthony, the first ever shark attack recorded was in a harbor. Yeah, see, like that's what I'm saying. I'm not messing with those. People make fun of me all the time because they don't go in water. Like dude, I like, I'll go in the lakes, but dude, I'll, I'll go in the ocean just a little bit. Dude, I went snorkeling in the uh, in the Bahamas too. The second I saw a stingray, dude, I hauled ass out of that. I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit if this thing is isn't aggressive. All it takes is one turn for this thing to be like, fuck this guy. He's in my home and zap. That's that. That's why it freaks me out because it's like I don't know what these creatures are capable of doing and 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 when they might do it. Like the only, I think the only weird creature I'd be comfortable with being at my foot would be like an octopus. Oh god! Did you ever watch that documentary, My Octopus Teacher? It sounds like a sex sex movie. It kind of sounds like it, right? I mean, if you watch it, I think it's on Netflix or something. It's this guy. That dives. In, he's in Africa, and he dives it's in like these eight coral penises. He dives in these in these coral reefs. Like he tries to do it for like a hundred, like a year straight or something. Mariana Trench. And he, dude, he like makes a friendship with this octopus. Like that's sick. It, it's weird. I mentioned whales are smart, dude. Octopuses are fucking geniuses. I'm just like legit aliens. I'm legit convinced because those things are freaking smart. They're, those things are brilliant. Octopuses. It's like scary how smart they are. All right, man. Well, we went long today and that interview with Ryan, which we appreciate. Mikey, do that thing, man. This episode tonight was brought to you by Dan Letelier and his team at Remax Realty One. Dan is your man when it comes to all your home buying and selling needs. Dan can be reached at 207-590-1776. Again, that's 207-590-1776. Or by this thing we got called email at danletelier at remax.net. So reach out to your boy Dan because he's our man too. Yeah, a boy. We love Dan. And again, as we're signing off here, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We hope you had a great day. Mikey, until, ne- until next week, buddy. Peace. Papi. Pa-